guys. Welcome back to My Steps to Sobriety, my show on YouTube and as a podcast with me, your host, Stefani. A while ago, I met three remarkable people within a very short time frame. And nowadays, I, I meet a lot of wonderful, wonderful people. And that's just the way that I roll. And as you will know when you're in recovery, or if you will in recovery, you will get to know that fact that once you grow, you become a magnet to fantastic people uh, who sort of migrate into your life. And so many of these people I met uh, recently. But three of them stood out because they had gone through experiences that are considered strange and maybe not so common. And I thought, hang on, if the universe delivers me three people like that within a short time frame, then I need to do a little mini series about that and actually explore uh, these experiences. So my first interview in this little mini-series is with Sue Paulson. Sue is a lady who was briefly on my show and I uh, was fascinated by her story then. But at the time we uh, just rolled with other aspects of her life. Today, however, I wanna focus on Sue's experience, uh, specifically with a near-death experience and want to listen to her and learn from her about her experiences. Now, I, I need to say I'm not religious. I, I'm not sure what I believe in. I believe that there are, there are things that are bigger than us out there, no two ways around it. But this is, I'm very, very open here. So there's no judgment, there is no nothing. This is me purely listening to Sue, who has very, very kindly agreed to come onto my show and share this unique experience. So Sue, thank you so much for being here with me. Oh, Stefan, thank you for inviting me. It's just a, a sheer pleasure to be with you today. <laughs> Again, and if we, if, we keep, if we keep talking, we will find another, another uh, ammunition for another interview. It's, it's, you're a dangerous woman here. You said of it like, like recurring. <laughs> I know. That's, well, that's the way it rolls, right? <laughs> oh, exactly. Exactly right. This is, I love it. I love it. Forever I get ammunition out of you for AWC. I love it. Love it. Um, Sue, so, I mean, how do you start even talking about, about, so tell me a bit, when you died, how was it? Um, and it is just, uh, you know, I, I was, I'm struggling a bit. Normally I'm not a man who is, who is lost for words, but how do we, do we begin to talk about such a thing that some people say, whoa, he's gone off the rails here. Uh, how, maybe, maybe let's start with, with where you want to start. Uh, go for it. How would you well, discuss that? So maybe it would help if I led up to the events just prior to the, the that led to the experience itself. So I was 57 at the time and I was new again to the dating world. I had been single for a while and I 
had an intimate encounter that turned uh, suddenly life-threatening. So what happened was, I think often happens with women who experience menopause and the the vaginal tissue gets a little bit dry and very thin and sensitive. Anyway, the end result of, of this encounter was that I ended up with a lacerated artery high in the vaginal wall. Well, this necessitated an ambulance trip to the hospital and, of course, subsequent surgery. Well, I didn't... I just went through whatever I went through, but then when I was in recovery, when I was in my little room and woke up the next morning, this awareness just washed over me that I had been somewhere else. And it was such, uh, such an unbelievable kind of thing, and yet I couldn't dispute it because it was an inner knowing that both an inner knowing and an inner feeling. So a little bit different from other accounts that I've read of, of near-death experiences where people, you know, they see this light and they go through this tunnel and meet other people on the other side. I didn't have any of that. But what seems to be common with other people who've experienced near-death is I was bathed in this sea of, of absolute love, of unconditional love, such as I had never experienced before. It was just, I was totally enveloped by it, surrounded by it, and it, it was like it infused every cell. And, oh, wow, it was the best. Talk about um, full-blown ecstasy. Well, there it was. <laughs> and so, and it... So that was the the start of the of the remembrance was this feeling that I had, and then as the the encounter unfolded for me, the next thing that came into my my consciousness was this sense of no judgment, and I'm going, what? Because I had been brought up as a youngster that you know the the good lord has the good book and and here's the <laughs> here's the good stuff you did and here's the not so good stuff you did and there's going to be a tally so when you get to saint peter's gate then then you know some of you go this way and some of you go that way well that was not it at all in fact absolutely the opposite, that that the universe or God or all that is, whatever label one wants to put on that, has absolutely no judgment whatsoever. So whether I did everything that I wanted to do or planned to do in my life or committed to do or not, was not the universe's concern. Whether I was the biggest saint or the worst sinner, the universe is kind of good. That's all good because it's all fodder for the collective. You know, it's all it's all for the growth of everyone. And so I'm going, wow, well that's different. And so so I'm remembering this and thinking, well, that kind of sets my world on a on a 
totally different axis than I thought about before. And then it moved into a, I guess the analogy that I would use is imagine a banquet table with an endless number of chairs. And every being on the planet has a chair. Now, in my upbringing, I thought that doing good works would earn me a place at the table. So for most of my life, I struggled to measure up. I struggled to think, well, okay, maybe if I do this, then I'll be worthy of God's attention and I'll have a place at the table. In the meantime, I mostly scrabbled for scraps under the table. <laughs> and so here I am in this, this sea of absolute bliss and here's this table and here's a chair with my name on it. And all I had to do was pull out the chair and sit down. Because I was worthy regardless, as is everyone, of course. We are worthy just because we exist. And so I'm going, what? <laughs> you mean I could have been, quotes, a little bit bad in my life and I could still <laughs> sit at the table? <laughs> And I thought, okay, why did I spend all those years as Miss Goody Two-Shoes? You know, <laughs> like, what was that all about? And so, anyway, this, this whole experience was, it just had me enraptured because I, it was so different than any, it shattered pretty well every belief I had had about life and death and, and so on. And of course, one of the spin-offs of that was I no longer fear death. So, because it's a pretty cool place, right? Well, in the aftermath, as I was physically healing and, and over the next few days as I started to process all of this, then I became actually very angry because I thought, First of all, I'm back on planet Earth. And, and even though there's no judgment in the afterlife, I still felt the human judgment or I, I put my own judgment on it and said, well, wasn't I good enough? Why did they send me back? You know, they give me a taste of this. And then here I am, blam, right back on planet Earth with my bills and my worries and, and, and you know, feeling unworthy and all of the attendant stuff. And I'm going, oh, come on. <laughs> and so, so I was upset and I couldn't understand, like, I, I don't get this process. And even though I, I clearly understood that there is no judgment, I couldn't get away from from that idea like it just there was a disconnect there so and not only that but the other thing that hit was it seemed I've always been quite purpose driven as far as you know well, what's the meaning of my life and how can I fulfill my purpose and all of that kind of thing and on the one hand then I'm understanding well actually none of that in the whole equation of the universe, none of that actually matters. And I'm going, what? 
well, if it doesn't frigging matter, then why did I spend all that time? You know, <laughs> what was that all about? So, so then I had something else to be really upset about. And so I guess I entered what lots of people would call the dark night of the soul, because when your underpinnings, whether your underpinnings are serving you or not, when they're all yanked out from under you, and, and there I am kind of floating, like, obviously the old was wrong for me, like it, it just, I was mistaken, so that no longer is helpful. But what do I do with the new? Like, where do I go from here? So, so I'd hit that level. So that's kind of the, the, um, the, the, the beginning and then a new beginning as far as my, as my life went. Wow. We are, at the moment, we are saying this is a near-death experience. Did the doctors come back to you and explain what actually had occurred? Did you, did they say, well, you should celebrate a new birthday because you actually literally flatlined or passed away or whatever they, whatever doctors have got the terminology to phrase it? It's interesting that, that there was no, um, no communication from the doctors about that. In fact, it was interesting because the um, when the resident gynecologist came to see me on the Monday and said, well, are you feeling better? Are you ready to go home? And I, I looked at her and I said, you know, I'm not normally this pale. Could, could you just maybe check my blood count and see what's going on? <laughs> well, I mean, I had lost a term. You know, I, I researched afterwards how quickly you bleed out if you lacerate an artery. Oh. And it, it's minutes. It's wow. minutes. Well, well, I got to the emergency room at um, one in the morning, and they didn't operate until five in the morning. So you think, uh-oh. Well, anyway, so she she checked my blood count. Well, the next thing you know, they're delivering two pint, two pints of blood to me to infuse because, uh, like, I was down a quart. There was no no question. And so, but for them, it was just okay. She came in all torn up, and now we've stitched her up, and off you go now. So, so I was left with. Um, really no information about what may have occurred during surgery, nor did it even occur to me to ask. I just, oh, okay, I'm going home now. And wow, it was, <laughs> and then the fun began. <laughs> and unfortunately, nowadays, as anesthetists and surgeons, we are very much into open disclosure, where whatever happens, which is of relevance to the patient, we will discuss that with you. And sure. it is it is something that modern anesthetists take our pride in, uh, that we are able to deal with difficult situations, difficult patients, difficult surgeons, difficult everything, because life is not straightforward. So, no. uh, but, and some, hmm, that is of course the, the gold standard to which we, we, we want to adhere to but sometimes i've had nights like that where you're rolling with the punches 
and there's oh, sure. a stabbing and then there's a case like you then there's a cardiac arrest and there's an icu admission with a head injury a head on and it all is adrenaline adrenaline in the morning the only thing you want to do is get out of there you don't want to sit with someone and talk and you think someone else in the team will do that and then down the line that is actually not being done sure. so we don't know having having not seen your anesthetic record or your your hospital records it makes it hard to say okay this woman had from 525 to 535 no output and she was basically for all intents and purposes under resuscitation she was dead so we don't have that information in your case but as with other people that i've spoken to this complete change this complete certainty this complete insight there is I think a hallmark of what you have just described. This this complete certainty that something had occurred, something so phenomenal or strange out of this world that there is no doubt in their mind that hang on, this is this is life changing. And that's that's the the strange thing. There, are, you did some research into the numbers. How many people are out there who have, who are describing something similar? Well, <clears throat> I know they number in the in the thousands. The challenge with near death experiences is not a lot of people have have been willing to come forth and say anything mm. because. I, and I suppose maybe from a believability standpoint, or they're, well, is somebody going to question my sanity or, or whatever? And so, <clears throat> I and because it was such a, a, a profound experience for me, and and I'm a talker. Let's face it. I mean, it's not something I can keep to myself. <laughs> and and I guess the, the euphoria I felt in being in that position, and I'm thinking. Wow, I want people to know you don't have to be afraid to die. Like this is a good place, you know. If if your time is not up and you're on still on planet Earth, you win, and if you die, you win. So there's no losing here. And and so my hope is, in many ways, is that that people coming up to that transition recognize, or at least hope, that this is going to be the best experience of their lives. So, so going home is a pretty, whatever, whatever label we put on home, that's pretty remarkable and not, and not to fear, not to fear at all. And I think that is the, the important bit because as a doctor, I've accompanied many a patients who were dying and of course, there's the fear of the unknown. Of course, there's the fear of, wow. Well, they, they know they're dying because they have got cancer and they have been told yeah. this is the end now. There is no more help that they can give you. And they have come to terms with their finances, with their wills, with their everything. But what is hard for them is to accept that life is coming to an end, life as they know it. And therefore, it is so, so encouraging and so beautiful to see that 
that maybe there is more after death. Um, yeah. It is a wonderful feeling. At the same token, there will be patients out there who are depressed and who are who are who have got enough of this world, especially under the difficult, difficult times right now um, with COVID and, and with our world turning to custard bitter. Mm -hmm. To those of you who are out there and who are in a really, really, really dark hole, may I just say, please, 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 there are people out there who would love to give you a hug, who would want yeah. to know you, who would love to talk to you and be there for you. I, if you, if you feel, feel very blue, if you have got thoughts of ending your own life, please, please, please talk to someone. There are wonderful, wonderful people out there whose job, whose passion, whose mission it is to be there by your side and help you and change this world for the better so that you realize that, that your temporary problems don't need a permanent solution. Yes, okay. that, I absolutely. Think that, is, that is so important. Life is so beautiful. Life is so gorgeous out there. You just can't see it at the moment. And I think those of you who have got such feelings, first of all, you need to know you're not alone. It's actually very common if you look at statistics. Then yes. so have been five and ten percent of people uh, every year will have suicidal thoughts, and it is they can come out of the blue, etc. But please, 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 do not act upon upon such pangs, such waves of negative emotions. Seek help. There is help out there, and. Please, please, please trust me. Just speak to your doctor, speak to your GB, uh, speak to to someone who is not invested in your lives, not, not not a close friend, not a relative, but speak to someone who actually knows and and has been working with people who feel down and out. Oh, That's absolutely. Well, and the I think the um, the the piece, Stefan, to add to that is is for anyone who's in that really dark place to begin to understand your own worth that that just because you're there's no one like you on the planet you are absolutely unique and of course in my whole journey one of the things i came to understand was that each of us is magnificent each of us has this unique it's it's kind of i liken it to the the biggest diamond that you can ever imagine existing and each of us is this shining facet of that diamond and and so we need each other and and regardless of how we can feel at times how we can feel just desperate and down and out and so on whatever light we have at that moment shines for other people and and so one of the i think the 
the beautiful things about the, our ability as human beings is to learn to come together in community and support one another in this. Because let's face it, your pain is my pain. My pain is your pain. And, and, and so just anchoring that light for each person that's feeling desperate. My, I think my granny used to say, um, uh, with time, all things will pass. And, and of course, in this moment, it may feel really bleak, but you don't know about 10 minutes from now. You might get a phone call. Somebody might bring their new puppy over. I mean, there's all <laughs> kinds of things that could lift you up and, and make it worthwhile to carry on. So all you need is just that tiny step and that tiny step and that tiny step. Yeah, yeah. And, of course, my one of my passions these days is to help people understand and 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 not only understand, but take in at, at heart level how magnificent they are. And um, it, because then when you start that process, mm. as you know, wonderful things can happen. And we, we switch from self-loathing to self-loving. And that's where the change happens. Mm. And it's beautiful. Yeah, I wouldn't put any other word. And it is... It is a beautiful world out there once you have made the decision to forgive yourself and to accept that, yes, you have been a sinner and you start working on your, on your soul, on your, oh, there's so many words that mean so many different <laughs> things for a redemption, you could say, you, you, you know, yeah. I guess nowadays I describe it as, as, uh, trying to live a life where yesterday becomes chambers of today. Uh, it is is that kind of, of let's make every day unique. And even if things don't go so well, even if there is chaos and, and, and trials and tribulations, then you have got still the, the opportunity to choose how you react to all these things. I had oh, absolutely. Uh, I had yesterday, I had a horrendous day with a lot of things going not the way I had expected them to go. And uh, even including emergencies going into the night. And it was, it was all, really? Really? And it, I've just dealt with that. Now you come with that? Really? And, and, but I rolled with the punches. And today, with my, my newfound attitude, Today, I'll just chalk it off as, whoa, this is a day that I don't want to repeat in a hurry, but I'm not angry about it. I'm not, yeah. I'm not, not negative about it. I say this, I see it as an experience and it is what it is. And today is a new day. Today yeah. is a new day with new coffee. <laughs> that's right <laughs> <laughs> so you can't get rid of all the vices so i guess what i'm saying i'm still a sinner deep inside at least according to my nutritionist um and uh the, <laughs> but i try to be a saint as well <laughs> doesn't, I, doesn't work i know i know it doesn't work but i think that you guys have got the chance out there to make your day uh the best day that you can have under those circumstances and if once you start beginning to, to 
believe in yourself and start looking after yourself, then suddenly you become this, this little torchlight in the darkness and other people are looking up to you. And you have no idea what that can mean, that you showing strength at a time when people say, how the hell do you do that? Um, you suddenly are the, the you, you're not a little candle, you become this big, magnificent uh, lighthouse in the darkness that yeah. helps others. Oh, sure. So, well, and I think it's it's fun to um, to play with the idea that that of course we we have free will, right? We we can choose whatever we want, and that that was made extremely clear to me when I was on the other side. That that Sue, it's your choice. You you get to pick. Now the the flip side of that is that when I pick, then I. I'm responsible for the consequences of whatever I picked. So sometimes I pick, you know, hot fudge sundae with all the the nuts and the calories and <laughs> and and I I enjoy every mouthful and then I look at my waistline and I'm going okay consequence thank you very much. <laughs> but then of course the beauty of life is if you didn't like the consequence, you get to pick again. Mm. And, and I can say, oh, okay, well, maybe next time I'll have fruit or not, depending on mm. what moves me at the time. So, so we have this, this freedom, except we're, we allow ourselves to get bound up. I mean, we have programs from out of our past that they, that, dictate thou shalt not and 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 no you could never do that and on and on and 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 of course I know for me everybody's opinion when I was growing up counted far more than my own opinion in fact I didn't even think I had an opinion because everybody else's was just flooding my head and at one point I finally put my foot down and I said shut up like stop talking to me you're not paying my rent you're not putting food on my table you uh, don't uh, get uh, a say uh, anymore uh, uh. <laughs> and right. you know and it's a it's about acknowledging that we first of all we have some power and then to take it back if we've given it away and say no mm. that's not going to rule me anymore and and that's part of being magnificent and sometimes i'm I'm a magnificent failure at certain things I do in my life. <laughs> Sometimes, you know, I'm magnificently happy, magnificently yeah. sad, and everything in, and magnificently boring, even though, although I can't imagine me being boring, but. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> oh, no, it is, it's all right. It is, you have good choice, and uh, each choice has consequences. That's fine, but, but, Use it, use it as a as a learning curve. Yes, you might be no longer seventeen, and it's okay. I am, I am. What am I? I'm, I'm fifty four now, um, and I still am learning so much every single day. And I, it's trial and error to a certain degree. You know, sure you is. try a new coping mechanisms. You try, you try a new, you, you way of doing things you try maybe one day to change your attitude mm -hmm. and instead of getting really really angry with someone 
you actually try to understand them and actually listen to what they are saying. And it might turn out to be a really, really good idea. Or it might turn out that he's a narcissist and a swine and a real a-hole. That's good. That's, you know, but you've changed. You've tried. And there's nothing wrong with trying. There's nothing wrong with, <laughs> with, with you doing the right things there, isn't it? Oh, no. absolutely. Well, when I think of, I think it was Edison had a thousand experiments before he perfected the light bulb and we had light. Uh -huh. Well, you think, okay, a thousand times and how many times have I known in my own life when I tried okay. two or three times and I'd get discouraged? Well, let's face it, life is an experiment. We have no idea what's going to come out of it on any given moment. And so we might as well just keep in there and okay I'll, I'll i'll see what this if this works and if that doesn't work i'll try something else and and away we go and so it's it's just infinitely i think the one of the other things that came out of my near death experience was my level of compassion i always thought i was a pretty compassionate person and i think i was but now I tend to have compassion on steroids. Like, like I, I am so into how challenging life is for people and for me. So my compassion for myself and my compassion for the human condition and other people has just grown exponentially. And, and so a lot of times the little litany that plays in my head, especially if things don't go according to plan, is, you know what, I think everybody's just doing the best they can. I mean, obviously, and, and if you think about it, could they do it better? Well, if they knew how to do it better, I'm pretty sure they would, but maybe they don't know how. And so for this second, they're doing the best they can, knowing what they know with the circumstances that they're surrounded with. So how do you judge that? You know, like, how do you say, oh, well, that's wrong. That's bad. Well, <laughs> they, they just, they know what they know and they do what they do. And, and we all do that. So, so to me, it's let's have compassion for ourselves. And, and when we have one of those days that just is just downright pissy, you think, okay, maybe you need a warm bubble bath or, or a hug or something. So oh, so true. So true, isn't it? And especially today, you know, with, with COVID around, the social distancing is, is saving lives. But also, yesterday I saw in a clinic, I saw this, this lady who had gone through a lot and is now coming to get her hip joint replaced. And you could just see she was frazzled by so many things. And uh, I asked for permission to say, can I just give you a hug? And you oh. should have seen us watering up and yes, please. And yes. it's just, so sometimes we, we, yes, you need to be careful with COVID, but you also need to look after, after those people. And I think I might've made her a day with that simple gesture of, Absolutely. of acknowledgement. Hey, you're doing the best that you can right now under these rather shitty circumstances. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, it, is, it is what it is. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. so uh, it, uh, such a strange thing to talk about death and what comes afterwards. Because 
for me, I'm, I'm forever as a doctor fighting against it. Okay. I'm, I'm the arch enemy of death. No, you can't have him yet. It's like the, it's <laughs> like sometimes I feel like the, 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 the god uh, playing chess with the devil over the body, over the souls of the, the, the people on the earth. And as a doctor, it's please talk about God complex. Bloody hell! No, I'm not like that. That's not what I want to say. I want to, I want to say that that we are here to save lives. So now to to talk about death and to accept it and to to actually realize that there's maybe something afterwards is is strange. It's humbling. It is confusing. So yeah. I think like many of us who are willing to open their mind, uh, they will feel the same. So it is, it is a strange, strange thing. And therefore, I'm so grateful that you shared that because you had this, this experience. You were not afraid to open up to me initially about it. And now, especially going out there and actually sharing your soul here and for that, I'm incredibly grateful. So this is this is not an easy thing to talk about. Well, no, and um, I, I guess because I kind of moved past the point where I thought, well, this was my experience, and and people can can believe it or not, but it was my experience, and and the good that has come out of it for me has been so profound. In, in how I view life. And, and it was interesting because I, I went into kind of deep research mode after that in, in okay, what, what is my purpose now? Now that it seems as if everything I did up to this point doesn't really ma- didn't really matter to the universe, why did I do that then? And so a lot of it was some soul searching about, well, does it matter if I do anything or not? And, and of course, from a universal standpoint, it, it doesn't because it's a collective kind of thing. But what I came to understand, and, and actually I was reading, I read um, Communion with God by Neil Donald Walsh. And in there, he says on one of the pages, there is no meaning to life. And I'm going, what? Well, that's what I was told. And I'm, and I, so, okay, calm down, you know, read the next line, except the meaning you give it. And I'm going, oh, and then the next paragraph, it was, there is no purpose in life, except the purpose that you bring to life. And I'm going, Oh, well, a million light bulbs turned on all at once. And I'm going, oh, I get it. So again, back to free will, I get to decide what gives my life meaning. And that could be moment to moment to moment. It could be, it could be really meaningful to bake the best chocolate chip cookies ever for my granddaughters, you know, in that, that's you know, that's really meaningful. It could be um, taking my car to the car wash. Well, that's, that means something to me. I love a clean car and so on. So, and, and my purpose, it didn't have to be 
I guess what I had originally thought is this, you know, this humongous serving humanity in a really solid way so that people notice and so on. Well, I mean, okay, if I do that, fine. This is this is good too. And, and, and I'd embrace that. But really, it's my own, well, what's my purpose in speaking to this person or helping someone else out or and I, and I can easily live that. Well, it was such a comfort to know that, that in the whole scheme of things, it didn't matter what I did on a kind of a mass consciousness level. What mattered was what I did for me and, and because of what meant something to me. And, and it just helped me reframe my whole life and, and it pulled me I was able to pull myself up out of those deep, dark depths because I struggled for, well, I struggled for four years and then I got a cancer, that cancer diagnosis. <laughs> and so that kind of knocked the stuffing out of me again. And I'm going, what the, you know, what's this all about? And, but interestingly that I, I kind of think I needed to go home four years previously in order to be able to have the courage, you know, knowing that I didn't fear death, that I could go into the cancer experience with a different mindset, that, that I, even though I was terribly afraid, I was horribly afraid of what I was about to go through, I didn't fear dying. And I thought, well, I don't think it's my time to go, but if it is, Hey, going home's no big deal. And so, you know, in fact, it'll be lovely. And so, so there was that kind of in the background. And then following the cancer experience, I really did a, 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 a deep internal search about, okay, what's this all about? And that's when I tapped into this whole idea of creating heaven on earth, saying, what if we just create what our imagined idea of heaven is? Could we have it right here, right now? Why do we have to wait to die? <laughs> you know, like, is that possible? And, and, and I'm discovering as I step into that, it's entirely possible. So, so I feel as if I'm, you know, if we can create hell on earth for ourselves, well, the flip side is also true. <laughs> okay. You know, I mean, we've all done that, right? You know, there have been moments in everybody's life where they said, this is hell and, and I hate this. And well, let's just flip that around and say, well, could you experience the other half of that? <laughs> the other flip side of the coin. <laughs> nice one. Nice one. Yes, because we have got more power than we like to believe. You have got a power to change this little yeah. world right now right here with your attitude and your aptitude and that's beautiful it's absolutely beautiful you can make the most horrendous day around you really a beautiful day just by the way you you behave yourself you go about this day and how you roll with the punches this can be incredibly powerful and yes. it, is, it is a beautiful, beautiful thing. I love the way you have just phrased that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Sue, so thank you so much today for, for sharing this kind of quite intimate and, and quite, quite out there uh, experience. 
And I'm very grateful, um, very humbled by it. I was the first time when we spoke off camera and I was in deep thoughts for quite a few days afterwards. And today will not be very different because it is not something that, that we like to think about. Death is, is in our society nowadays, a bit of a taboo, is a bit of a, uh, a, it will never happen to us. Stuff. And if it happens to others, well, nowadays we don't really see it anymore. Um, the elderly pass away in their retirement homes. The people who have got a nasty uh, medical problem pass away in the hospital. And it's all sort of kind of sanitized and, and death is sort of not no longer the intimate and essential part of life. We do no longer kill our farm animals ourselves and then butcher them. The meat comes packed in a supermarket. So it's all all those kind of things where death is actually removed from our life and therefore mm -hmm. becomes actually ultra scary and ultra, ultra, hmm. I don't know, I'm lacking the words here, but you guys know what I mean. It is, uh, it is a weird, weird thing. So, and I think it's it's important that we talk about death as part of life, mm -hmm. as a natural Absolutely. part of life. Yeah. And maybe it's really, really beautiful to see that there might be something warm and fuzzy um, waiting there afterwards <laughs> to light <laughs> the, 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 a good feeling. Uh, this, I, would, I would hope so. And, but in the interim, I will try my best to create heaven on earth just that a little bit without again no god complex here guys this is just this is just the play on words here but we are you have the choice to, to make today a different day and you can lead by example so guys i encourage you try it out try out to be the the leader uh within your small family within your workplace within your social setting who chooses to live a life where integrity and honesty and transparency and authenticity, where these words actually mean something and where you actually truly, honestly believe in them and act with them. And I assure you, your life will change tremendously. Look forward to that, that's for sure. Sue, so again, thank you so much for coming onto my show. No doubt we will come up with another topic to talk one day and I would be <laughs> delighted, delighted to have you back on my show. Thank you, Stefan. Go, go and be magnificent, you, and I'll look forward to our next encounter. <laughs> thank you very much. And you guys out there, have a fantastic day. Bye. <laughs>